the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. Hey, y'all. I'm Bud Elliott, and this is my college football summer school series on Cover 3. I bring on the team experts from the 24-7 sports staff and ask them the questions I care about. No fluff. Which players will be toughest to replace? What position groups are sneakily better or worse than I realize? We get you the scoop on each team in 20 minutes or less. Let's go. Hey, guys. Bud Elliott here with my summer school series on the Cover 3 College Football Podcast. Today, we are talking Nebraska. A lot to talk about. Let's bring in Brian Christofferson of Husker 247. Brian, what's going on, man? Oh, not a lot. We're, we're hanging out here, getting ready for uh, summer camp season now. So we, we move from one thing to the other, and uh, people, are, people are optimistic, cautiously, about the rule era here in Lincoln. You know, I, I, understandably, if Nebraska fans don't want to dive in with both feet and you know, say, okay, like, let's pump the brakes, because the last guy was seemingly, from the, you know, from the outside, and certainly at the time of the hire, a, a perfect fit in Scott Frost. You know, a lot of things went wrong and, and didn't work out, culminating in a you know four and eight year last year, kind of fringe top seventy five ish team in the power rating. So not a not a Colorado bottoming out necessarily, but certainly not up to the level of expectations that Nebraska uh, fans have. What what's been I guess the the most encouraging thing that Rule has done so far? I think he well he's talked about more of a traditional style offense, which I think is appealing to folks here. Um, it's not that you have to go back to 1990s option style Husker football all the way, but there's a sense that Nebraska's really lost something in the trenches on both sides of the ball. I mean, if you look at um, Husker like production in the draft of of you know NFL draft with linemen, it hasn't been there lately. They haven't had all conference type players, and that used to be just something you expected in Lincoln. You expected a couple of guys who are first or second team all Big Ten, all Big Twelve, whatever it may be. And that's disappeared. So I think it starts up front and there's a there's a feeling that there is going to be a dedication, I think, toward sort of a, a ground game and, and getting that going um, and, 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 and starting up front. So that, that's what people are hopeful about. And I think they they also hear a coach, at least, who talks a lot 
about the details and just these little items and sort of making them go over and you know even even they, they even practice their their walkthrough on game day to the stadium during the spring game like this is how it's supposed to be we need to know um how to do every every step of this the right way and so there's hope that sort of those little things are going to all add up to to uh do a big change for a team that has been in close games but just has been on the wrong end of a lot of them i mean even if he's an average coach, their their close game luck has to sort of even out eventually. You mentioned more of a traditional style run game, so let's start there on the offense. An offense that was you know, top seventy five ish last year, basically. Uh, that you know, special teams was the real killer of that team at times. Mm-hmm. I, I have a I don't talk a lot of recruiting in these, but because you know Riola committed yesterday. Do you worry that with how bad Spencer Rattler looked under coordinator Marcus Satterfield that Matt Rule is going to have an issue with negative recruiting against the Satterfield hire when it comes to going after top quarterbacks? Oh, I don't know about that. Um, I mean, I I think um, Matt Rule has a lot of trust in Marcus Satterfield, and they go way back. And I, I think when it comes to recruiting any players for this program, Rule and the staff is going to point to, look at what we did with guys at Temple. Look at what we did at with guys at Baylor. Those were not easy jobs to take over. And some of those guys that are now in the NFL were like two-star recruits. So I think you, I think they just point in that positive direction of, hey, we are a, a, a staff that has a history of developing people. And just go look in the NFL right now. It's littered with guys who played for this staff at Baylor and Temple. And so I think that's what you stress. And, um, you know, that. Marcus Satterfield, I think, is really connected with Jeff Sims, who's a guy they're really excited about right now. Um, and if Sims takes off and has a good year um, and, and can keep the turnovers down and that looks very successful, I think then you can build off of that. So obviously there's a lot riding on, you know, looking the part sort of in this first year. Um, but I, I do think that this staff has enough in their background at Temple and Baylor where they can they can go back to it and say, we've built these programs and we've built up guys who – Sometimes the recruiting rankings didn't even recognize as much, but we saw talent there and we, you know, developed them into really good players and we can do the same thing for you. His player development has really been been off the charts at everywhere he's gone as as a head coach. I just I I had to ask. I was surprised at at, at, at the hire just given the you know the how it looked at South Carolina last year, right? And that they wanted they wanted him gone. You mentioned Jeff Sims. I I've been doing a lot of these summer schools and I'm pretty encouraged that maybe Georgia Tech's roster last year was better than I realized because there's a lot of schools out there that are very excited about the players that they got to transfer out of Georgia Tech this offseason. I, I assume you put Sims in that category given that uh, Casey Thompson did transfer out. Uh, I mean, they believe Sims is a next-level guy. They believe he has all the tools. Um, you're talking about an Elite 11-type quarterback. It's, I, it is just about kind of knocking down that interception total somewhat. 6'4", 220 guy. He can run if you need him to, but it, that doesn't have to be the main weapon. He's, a, as Rule says, a passer first who just happens to have uh, really good speed and he can extend plays. Um, I think he would have been tough to beat out if Casey Thompson had stuck here just because even if you go back to early signing day in December, one of the first press conferences Matt Rule did, he had watched every game <clears throat> Jeff Sims had played at Georgia Tech because he's friends with Jeff Collins. He used to coach there. So he watched him very closely. And so they had a great scout on him. And there's two or three things, you know, they saw they could change, you know, sort of the the 
inside baseball stuff with some of his footwork and things like that that they thought could make a real difference. Uh, but they see a player who I think from the beginning they thought could be QB1, um, even though Casey at the time was still in the program. Now, they were going to let him compete, and that would have played itself out. But I, I think Sims would have been tough to beat, and, and probably Casey realized that. I think it makes a lot of sense and c- could be helped also with a quality run game. Is Anthony Grant, is he going to be a, a part of the team come fall? I, I know I had seen some stuff. I, I figured I'd ask you here on the show. I mean, guy's really talented back when, when he's, you know, when his head in the game and he's doing all right. Yeah, he's in the mix. I mean, right now, uh, Gabe Urban is a guy who's really jumped on the scene, uh, who, you know, came out of the Buford program in Georgia. That's a powerhouse. And, Honestly, his first year on campus, he was he was going to be the starter, and then he suffered a, a tough injury uh, early on in that season. So he's been kind of coming back from that. But this staff loves him. He's like a 220-plus pound back. They feel can be a, a battering ram. And when I talk about Nebraska being more traditional and what fans like about Rule, one of the things is like he'll he'll speak in sort of like with a specific number in mind, even like we need 75 plus rushing yards in the fourth quarter, you know, to finish teams off. And when he talks about that, he he speaks of a guy like Gabe Irvin. Ramir Johnson is another kind of veteran here who the last staff, I, I felt like maybe misused last season, didn't get him the ball enough. He's going to be more a part of the equation. Anthony's certainly still in it, though. I mean, you, you need to go three or four deep anymore. Anthony Grant had a good year last year, 600 yards the first five games. When he got to the Big Ten, the, the knock on him was it wasn't as much north and south as it needed to be in this league. There was a little too much trying to go lateral and, and outrun people, and it just wasn't working. So that's the thing he's really going to have to prove. I think whoever wins that job, it's not necessarily going to be that guy who's the home run hitter who has that 55-yard play. It's a guy in, in this league especially who can turn a two- or three-yard gain into four or five and then do it again, and then you just have that constant drumbeat. So that's who, whoever that guy is, he's, he's RB1. I, they they lose Trey Palmer, they lose what, Alante Brown, they lose Oliver Martin, but they bring in quite a few interesting pass catching transfers. So Billy Camp, Virginia, Josh Fleeks from Baylor, and Eric Gilbert. Are, are any of those guys standing mm-hmm. out so far? Yeah, uh, Billy Kemp's going to be a huge part of it. I'd be surprised if he didn't lead this team in receptions. I mean, even if you look at his resume at Virginia, he's like one of those guys, 65, 70 catches a year type player. So he's going to be a high volume uh, guy. Um, Eric Gilbert is, uh, anybody who follows recruiting knows what a like freak talent athlete he could be. Um, he's had a good off season here. Uh, I think kind of getting, you know, invested in what the culture is and, and fitting in, uh, he still has to get a waiver as of this moment when we're doing this. So we'll see if he gets that they're hopeful that's going to happen so they can play because it's a second time transferring. Um, but obviously if he does, uh, I figure he'll be a central part of the offense at, at tight end. And then kind of interesting is Xavier Betts, uh, the former four-star recruit out of Bellevue West here in Nebraska. He left the team prior to last fall, but uh, came back under rule. And um, he could be kind of a wild card. You know, one of those guys, like if he can kind of find his footing and take off uh, from where he was, you know, two years ago and take another step, he could be a big deal. Um, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda is another name like that to know who actually entered the portal during the middle of last fall and is now back. So, you know, rules giving guys like that another opportunity and says, hey, you didn't go into the portal on me. It's a fresh opportunity. Let's see what you got. And some of those guys, I think, are ready to take advantage of it. 
I think that's awesome. So the offensive line, you, you lose Trent Hickson. Excuse me, Trent Hickson. You lose Bando. Hickson had decent numbers last year, not great. The rest of the line had pretty sketchy numbers. Yeah. Is is there a reason to believe they're going to be better this year? That well, they were definitely choppy. Is the nice word I always use? Yeah. Choppy, like uneven. You know, but yeah, they yeah. were bad at times. They just they were. And um, here's the hope. Uh, ben Scott is a transfer they brought in from Arizona State, has played a lot of football. So he's probably going to be the center, command center of that offense. Um, Nordin Nuili is a, a guy they really liked um, who was coming on two years ago, and then he had a suspension uh, due to a failed drug test last year. He's back. So there's 40% that wasn't on that front five that's now there. Uh, Teddy Prohaska is a left tackle from the area that they think has next-level talent. And, um, you know, he was injured as well. So there were there were some of that injuries and a couple of guys that just weren't in the program a season ago are available that now are. So can they make the big difference? I don't know. But I also think um, there's maybe a feeling that Donovan Riola, who's a second uh, year O-line coach, the only coach retained from Scott Frost staff by rule, um, that he might excel with an offense that is maybe – I don't know, maybe a little more traditional. And I mean, last year it was very just pass happy and sort of take your shot, try to hit Trey Palmer on that that big ball. It didn't feel like um, it didn't. It, it just felt like it was sort of out of whack as far as um, a you know good run pass ratio. So we'll see if uh, if that helps uh, that align too. If it's that more run oriented style, maybe plays a, a benefit for them. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So switching over to the defense, which was rated slightly better than the offense last year, but not not by a, a ton. I guess all units had their problems, which is not surprising when the coach gets fired. They have a decent number of losses in the front seven, mostly a D tackle, and then some at you know outside backer, inside backer. Which of those losses are are, are meaningful, and which losses do you feel like will be able to be replaced fairly easily? Well, I mean, I give a lot of respect to a guy like a young player like Ernest Hausman who went to Michigan. I mean, he's a, he was a good linebacker as a first-year player. He's got a lot to prove still. I mean, he's a guy who who kind of dipped his feet in the water last year in Nebraska, so we'll see what he does up in Ann Arbor. But certainly he's a he's a decent loss. Um they they have added some guys. Um they're going to play freshmen on the defensive line. That's pretty interesting. Like Prince Will Unman Milan, mm-hmm. if I pronounced it right. He's down at Texas. He's a He's a four-star recruit, and uh, he looked really good in the spring. He's going to play some snaps. 
Um, so there's guys like that, Cameron Lem- Lenhart, who's from IMG Academy, first-year freshman, doesn't look like an 18-year-old. Um, he's going to play this year. And so there's going to be opportunities for guys like that. And then there's there, there's interesting stuff that just happens with the first-year staff where like guys who weren't on the radar here um, previously suddenly are. Like John Bullock is a walk-on from Omaha Creighton Prep, who's a junior, and uh, we weren't talking at all about him. And suddenly the first week of spring, he's one of those guys where this staff's like he's everywhere. And by the end of the spring, it's like he could be a starter, you know? So that's sort of the fun stuff, I guess, that happens yeah. with, the, with the roster talk in that first year where they really did open the door for everybody to put it on film. What do you got? We're, we're not going to have preconceived notions necessarily about who's what based off of last year. And there's going to be opportunities for some young guys to grow. They'll probably take some lumps along the way, um, but they're going to get some snaps and they're going to play a lot of guys on that defense. They're going to play 20 plus guys uh, routinely. It sounds like. I'm really excited to see how this goes. The front seven is probably the bigger concern than than the back end, right? At linebacker, are are we expecting significant snaps from chief Porters or MJ Sherman? Oh, I definitely think they'll they'll fit in. I, MJ Sherman look, was out there at the starting unit at the end of spring. Uh, obviously, the transfer from Georgia was around championship football. And just one of those guys that, you know, you look at Georgia's program, it's just so loaded. There's guys who are third team there who think, hey, I can go somewhere and I, I can play. Like, it's time for me to show it. And so he's going to get that opportunity here in Lincoln and hopefully provide some presence off the edge um, as well. And Chief Borders, a transfer from Florida, Looked like he was more with the second team at the end of spring. I don't know how much to read into that, but they're going to play a lot of guys. So I suspect he will also be uh, heavily involved. They are on paper stronger on the back end, you would say. It, it, it's a it's a group that looks good in the secondary with some of the returning parts and when you mesh them with the new parts. So I, I would agree with you that the question mark is more in that that front six or seven. Although it's really interesting around here, we have all these narratives about certain position groups and rule seems to often have a uh, an opinion to the contrary of what um, some of us think. So, um, what we'll, you know, we'll see how that goes. I, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, with, with what top <clears throat> top six, top seven guys returning in the secondary, at least by snap count, rule may not see the lineup the same way, right? Like, is there anybody who maybe is going to threaten for a starting job who didn't get to play much last year there in the secondary? Um. There's Omar Brown is a a guy uh, who played at um, Northern Iowa um, and had a really good career there. Actually, it had some All-America credentials while he was at Northern Iowa. So he was uh, brought into Lincoln last year in the portal, and we thought he was kind of going to blow up, have a big season, and really was sort of in the background. It felt like early in spring he was getting momentum. So he's a senior that I could see being kind of a ball hawk, rover-type player who – um, Tony White, and we can get into Tony White's defense. I think it, it, there's a lot of guys in the secondary who are just uh, excited about the opportunity there because it's a, it's a playmaking uh, defense um, that's caused a lot of turnovers when he was at Syracuse. So there's guys on the back end who are pretty excited about that. And Omar Brown's a veteran guy, um, and as far as college football goes, who I think knows how to improvise pretty well. And so he would be a guy that maybe uh, we didn't see as much last year who's, who's more on the scene. Awesome. Is, uh, is Billy Kemp a punt returner option for this team? Yes, he could be. Um, you know, he, he's definitely getting among the guys getting looks there. I wouldn't be surprised if, if he leads the way. And I, I think they're going to be an aggressive coaching staff with the special teams. I mean, I think they're going to be a group that 
um, takes chances and they're going to go after kicks and uh, they, they want to set a tone that way and um, be that sort of a, have that aggressive mindset and just, you know, convince that your, your team, like, this is how we're going to be. We're going to attack. And once in a while, things aren't going to work out uh, when we take some chances, but, you know, roll with it. If we go in knowing that we're going to be this type of team and have that type of mindset um, and everybody's on board with it, you can adjust. And it doesn't mean because you mess up and give a team a short field, you have to let them go 45 yards and score a touchdown either. So I think uh, uh, that's going to be an interesting part as a special team. Just like I, I do feel like there could be more of an attacking nature there. Absolutely. So where where on this squad, other than quarterback, is the biggest gap between the starters and the backups the, in the position where you're like, all right, they have got to stay healthy here because these backups just can't play at the level that's going to allow them to get to their goals. Beyond the top six guys or so on the offensive line, I I think they have potential that's a year or so away. They've got a lot of incoming freshmen, but I just don't know what's there yet. And may, sometimes you find that there is something that it, a guy rises up and is like, oh, he had more than I knew of at this time. But O-line would be a spot where, like, Ben Scott needs to stay healthy, I feel like. And, um, you know, Nuri Illy, who I brought up, who was suspended last year, like a guy like that needs to be out there for the entirety of the season um, because I've, I'm not sure about, like, who the eighth and ninth guy necessarily are on that O-line rotation. So that would be a, a place I would start. Um, wide receiver, um, I would also say right now is a – a question mark to me until proven otherwise. I, I think rules optimistic about what they're going to be, but they're going to need some first year freshmen maybe to step up there. And that's why I think it's going to be kind of an entertaining team to watch because we're really not used to in Nebraska young players playing as much. It feels like when they get here, we they're kind of behind a curtain for a year or two. It's like, we'll see what they're like as uh, you know, third year sophomores or whatever. I think in this case, we're going to see, five, six, seven, eight guys, you know, who just get, who just got here just out of high school who are going to play some snaps. And so that's going to be, a, I think, an interesting dynamic and a little bit different than what it's been around here. Awesome. Brian, thanks so much, guys. You can check out Husker 24-7. is the site to go to for all your Cornhusker stuff. Have to have you on again, man. All right. Thanks for having me.